Wow. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? How many of you came for a word from the word? Wow. Come on now. If you came for a Reader's Digest message, you're in the wrong house. This is a word that I believe, I believe there's, a, there's today a strong prophetic anointing. I, I told him in Cutler that I don't believe this message is just a message uh, for, uh, just to build you up. It's also a message to speak directly to some of you here. This is going to be your word for this moment, this season in your life, I'm telling you. Uh, I prepared uh, to bring uh, two examples of the theme that I'm dealing with, and I just felt the Lord tell me, no, I want you just to deal with one this week and the other next week. And so I, I'm going to share with you on this theme of intercession intervention. And as you can see on the slide there, you have intercession and then you have intervention. Uh, in some of your lives right now, it feels like things are falling apart or things are falling down. And yet, uh, there, when there's intercession, intercession simply means praying to God on behalf of someone else, okay? And when prayer is executed, it invites God's intervention. The hand there is the hand of God saying, here and no more. It stops here. I'm stopping this falling process now. I am stepping in. Now, some of you would feel like, and maybe it's a reality, that you feel that nobody is praying for you. But I want you to understand, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there is always someone praying for you. And because that someone is praying for you, I can guarantee you there is going to be a divine intervention in your life as you look to the Lord. So I want you to get ready for this word of intercession intervention. I'm going to use an example from the disciples' lives. It is found in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Matthew 14, beginning at verse 22, down to verse 33. It says, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. It says, and while he sent the multitudes away, notice, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up, it says, on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. It's Casper, or maybe they even thought it's La Llorona. Okay, I don't know. It says, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, notice he walked on the water to go to Jesus, it tells us. And then the Bible says that when he saw, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. 
And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, there is a study Bible called the Praise and Worship Study Bible. And it has a commentary with regards to this passage that we just read. And it says this about the account. The most powerful lessons the disciples learned were the ones they personally experienced. Again, the most powerful lessons that the disciples learned were the ones they personally experienced. Although Jesus had spoken to his followers many times about trusting God, it took a storm to actually make them understand. When Jesus walked on the water, he did more than show his mastery over nature. He rescued his followers who needed his help. His assurances of protection were followed by definitive or definite action. He reached out and saved Peter and calmed the storm. As a result, the disciples worshipped him and learned a lesson in trust. So, we can say that this storm was divinely orchestrated. This storm was the divine setup. You see, what I'm saying is not everything that happens to you is an attack of the devil. Now, we have an account of another storm that transpired when Jesus was with his disciples in the boat. That was a demonic attack. How do we know? Because the word that it says that Jesus rebuked the storm is the same word that is used when Jesus would rebuke demon spirits. But on this account, this was not a a demonic attack. This was a divine orchestrated event. What are you saying, Pastor? Some of the trials, some of the troubles, some of the tragedies that we endure, God permits. And God allows because he wants to do something in us. What does he want to do? Well, I've often heard it said that a faith that cannot be tested can't be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested can't be trusted. Now, we know that Peter had faith. Of course, Jesus rebuked him saying, oh, you of little faith. But nonetheless, he had faith. Now, all of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, we know according to Romans 12 and 3 that God has given to each of us a measure of faith. So I want you to know if you are a follower of Jesus, you have faith. But your faith must be developed. Your faith must grow. And part of the growing process is not just you calling on God and saying, increase my faith, but it is also God putting you and I in circumstances where we've got to learn to lean on Him more. And when we're allowed to go through those circumstances and we learn to lean on Him more, then our strength, our our faith begins to be strengthened and begins to increase. That is what was transpiring in this situation. Now, what we need to understand regarding the storms of life that we endure, that we experience as followers of Jesus Christ and in general, is that there are 
two types of storms. There are correcting storms and there are perfecting storms. There are storms of correction and storms of perfection. What are you saying? Correcting storms are when God disciplines us. And perfecting storms is when God helps us grow. We see in the Old Testament, Jonah. Jonah was in a storm because he disobeyed God and had to be corrected. Now, the disciples were in a storm that we just read about in Matthew 14 because they obeyed Christ and had to be perfected. Jesus had tested them in a storm before when he was in the boat with them. Matthew 8, 23 through 27 tells us. But now he tested them by being out of the boat. Now, I said all that to tell you this, that there are two things that you need to know when you are going through a storm. Two things you need to know when you are going through a storm. That is, the first is, Jesus is praying for you. Mm -hmm. Even though you may feel like, well, I don't even think pastor is praying for you. If for me. Jesus is your faithful high priest. And he is praying for you. Did you notice that Jesus went up to the mountain while the disciples went into the water? Mm -hmm. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray while the disciples went into the water. I want you to know that while you're in the storm, Jesus is not sleeping. He is interceding. While you're in the storm, Jesus, your faithful high priest, Romans 8.34 tells us, Who shall condemn us? It says it is Christ who died and was raised from the dead. And now he's at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing? He's making intercession for us. Hebrews 7.25 says... That he is able to save to the uttermost, completely or forever, those who come to God through him, being that he ever lives to make intercession for them. I want you to know that you and I have a faithful high priest right now at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. Just like he went up to that mountain to pray for the disciples that he was well aware of, were about to experience a storm in their lives. He knew that you were going to face that trouble. He knew that that trial was coming your way. He knew that that tragedy was going to strike. He knew that that testing was going to come. But he was not with his hands folded. He is before the Father interceding for you. That's why I know you're going to make it through because Jesus has you covered in prayer. Woo! But Jesus is not only praying for you, Jesus is watching over you. How can you say that, Pastor? Well, we see this not only in Matthew's account, but also in Mark's account of this same event. Look what Mark points out in Mark 6, 45 through 48, regarding this same storm that the disciples endured. It says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, notice, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then, notice, he saw them straining 
at rowing. He saw them. Not only was he praying for them, but from the vantage point, being on the mountain, he could see clearly what was transpiring. I want you to know that one of the names of God is El Roi, which means the living one who sees. You are not without the attentive, watchful eye of God upon you. You've heard the song, if his eye are, are on the sparrows, how much more is he watching over me? He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's got his eye on you 24-7-365. I want you to know not only is he praying for you, but he's got his eye. And I want you to understand something about the devil. The devil is on a leash. God has the devil on the leash. The devil can't just do anything he wants with you. Child of God, the Lord has him on the leash. Just read the book of Job. The Lord told him, you can do this, but not that. This is as far as it goes. And I want you to know when Jesus prays for you, there comes a time when the Father says, Enough. That's it. I'm stepping in and I'm bringing my child out. I want you to know because Jesus is praying for you. Your deliverance is on the way. Now, I told you that this this word that I feel the Lord has given me for this morning, for today, it is a prophetic word. And so, unlike other messages that I've preached, I'm not just going to give you some points regarding the events that transpired. But I'm going to make some declarations. In fact, I'm making six declarations that for some of you, it's going to be the word for you today. It's going to be your prophetic word. It's going to be the word God is saying, this is for you right now. And so, based on the... The fact that Jesus right now is making intercession for you and me today. There are, there are six things that you can expect. Here's the first declaration. You are going from here to there because Jesus is praying for you. Let me say that again. You are going from here to there because Jesus is praying for you. Look again at Matthew 14, 22. And look what it says in the bold letters there. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him where? To the other side. Jesus made them get into the boat to go where? To the other side. Did he know there was going to be a storm in the middle of their journey? Oh, yes, he did. He knew there was, but he also knew they were going to get to the other side. They didn't know it. They didn't know there was a storm coming. And they probably wondered when the storm hit, are we even going to make it to the other side? But because Jesus is praying for you, and because Jesus was praying for them. No matter if a storm rises in the middle of the journey, what's ultimately going to be fulfilled is whatever Jesus said would happen. So I'm saying to you right now, you may be in the middle of a storm and you're feeling like this is it. This is as far as I go. And even the devil is discouraging you to quit believing what you felt at the beginning of the journey was going to be your final destination or was going to be the end game. 
came and what was transpiring. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord is saying to you, I've got you covered. And I'm the Lord who is faithful not only to start the process, I'm a finisher. The Bible says faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. And so right now, you are here. But wherever here is, you still have there to look forward to. And no matter what happens from here to there, you're getting from point A to point B because you serve A to Z, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And he who begins is going to see that you reach your ending. You are going from here to there because Jesus is praying for you. And here's a second declaration I want to declare over you. You are going from wishing to walking because Jesus is praying for you. Some of you are like, I don't get it. You'll get it. You are going from wishing to walking. Because Jesus is praying for you. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, let's look at the scripture again. Matthew 14, verses 28 and 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you. Literally, it means more like, Lord, since it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. (laughs) And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, question. Why would Peter... Asked Jesus to invite him to walk on the water. You know why? Because he was inspired by Jesus walking on the water. And as he saw Jesus walking on the water, something inside of him dared to believe, maybe, just maybe, I can walk on the water too. And he went from wishing to walking. Because before the storm came, Jesus had prayed. And don't you think that Jesus knew that Peter was going to ask him to walk on the water? Jesus' prayer guaranteed that Peter would have what he asked for. So Peter was inspired by Jesus walking on the water. Something stirred up in him to believe I can go from wishing to walking. So I want to say to some of you, because some of you are still in the wishing stage, and some of you are at the point where you don't wish no more because the devil has convinced you that dream, that desire, that longing that you thought was of God, it's not going to happen. In fact, look at the storms that you're going through. That doesn't that tell you that they've been nullified. But the Lord wants you to know, I'm praying for you. And I still want you to believe that if I gave you a dream, I gave you a wish, I gave you a longing, it's going to come. This storm is not the final word on what I deposited in your heart. If I said I was going to do it, I'm going to complete it. Because I'm not man that I should lie. Neither am I the son of man that I should repent. If I've spoken it, it's because... Because I'm going to make it good. I want you to understand today that no word of God is void of power. I want you to understand that some of those dreams, those desires in your heart, they're not things that you've conjured up through the figment of your imagination. They have been divinely implanted in you. And I want to double dog dare you to ask Jesus to let you go from wishing to walking. Because he's ready if you're willing. To take you there. Woo! And then, mm-hmm, 
Because this is the part where everybody gets stuck on with Peter. The third declaration I want to make over you. You are going from sinking to saving because Jesus is praying for you. You are going from sinking to saving because Jesus is praying for you. Uh Look there at Matthew 14, 30 and 31. But when he saw, that is Peter, saw that the wind was boisterous. He saw the effect of the wind on the water, making it really choppy and the waves rising. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, say immediately. Jesus stretched out his hand and cut him. Now, of course, we focus on the fact that he began to sink. But I want to commend Peter. Because notice what he did the moment he found himself and felt himself sinking. He cried out. He didn't wait till he was sank. When he began to sink, he began to cry out. And then we see the heart of Jesus. As soon as he cried out, immediately Jesus reached out his hand to rescue him. That's the heart of the Father. Now i got to give somebody counsel today. The moment you begin to feel that you're slipping and sliding, the moment you begin to feel that you're sinking, that's the time to cry out. Don't wait till you find yourself in the gutter. But as you begin to feel like I'm getting astray, and if I'm not careful, I'm going to end up there. Because the heart of the Lord is to rescue you immediately. He's not like some of our parents were. Remember when you would find yourself in a pickle between a rock and a hard place or you found yourself in a situation because of your own doing and you asked them for help? Remember? Anybody remember? With those, some of you had parents that were like, yeah, I'll help you, but wait. You're like, but I need help now. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's like they wanted to teach you a lesson. And, and so, and, and some of them, when you would ask for help, it's like all of a sudden they became deaf. Or, oh, I gotta do something and I'll come back and, and, but you're there stuck. And need of help and you're crying out for help. Well, here we see that Jesus' heart is to immediately deliver those that call. I want you to know today that no matter where you're at, no matter where you're stuck at, If you call, the Lord will immediately begin the process to intervene and rescue you because that's his heart. Call on me, he says, in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Now watch this. You are going, here's the next declaration, from little faith to greater faith. Because Jesus is praying for you. Let me say it again. You are going from little faith to greater faith because Jesus is praying for you. Now notice in Matthew 14, 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Who is he talking to? He's talking to Peter directly. Oh, you of little faith. Now watch this. In the storm that we read about in Matthew 8, Jesus said the same thing. But he said it to all of the disciples. Oh, you of little faith. 
Now he's saying it directly in this storm to Peter. And interestingly, this word for little faith in the original language, it's just one word. Oligo, pistos. Oligos means small. And pistis is a word for faith. So small faith. Describing a faith that lacks confidence or trust too little. A faith that lacks confidence or trust too little. Another way to term it is, watch this, underdeveloped faith. As opposed to outright unbelief or distrust. So, he says, oh you of underdeveloped faith. Why did you doubt? How did he doubt? The moment he turned his attention and focus from looking at Jesus to looking at what the wind was doing. He got distracted. That's when his faith went awry. That's when his faith stopped to operate in what Jesus could do. The moment he got distracted. But I want you to know, nonetheless, he did have faith. At least he exercised his faith. Now, think about it. Ooh, what did it take for Peter to initially walk on water? Little faith. So I'm saying to you, dare to exercise your faith. But pastor, I don't have faith like so and so. But if you have faith, Jesus said, as small as mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Because as I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's not the size of your faith. It's the size of the one in whom you're placing your faith that matters. It's not the size of your faith in comparison to the size of your dilemma, of your challenge that matters. It's your exercising the faith that you do have in the one who is greater. Now, I want you to see here ooh-wee, that Peter was able to go from little faith to greater faith because how many of you know he not only walked on water once he walked on water twice uh-huh when jesus rescued him they made the trek back on water again to the boat so he not only walked once he walked twice on water and why because as he was sinking he didn't lose his faith he exercised his faith again this time to call on the Lord. Lord, save me. Why would he cry out to the Lord? Because he dared to believe. Even though I'm sinking, if I call to him, he will answer. He will rescue. Woo! And what I want you to see now, watch this. I, 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 sometimes I wish I could come out of my box. Just preach it the way I feel it, but I'm, I'm constricted. But Because I, when I think about that, yes, he sank, but now when he comes up, He's walking on the very thing that was taking him down. Now he's got dominion over it. Now he's walking, sure, with confidence. Because not only is he walking on water, but Jesus has him by the hand. Jesus has him by the hand. And here's what I want you to know. Your failure is not final. 
if you dare to cry out on the Lord, you're going to be able to rise above the ashes of what took you down. The devil is a liar. You are not subject to your failure. You are not subject to your circumstance. If you dare to believe and cry out to the Lord once again, he will rescue you. Just ask Samson, who was at the verge of blindness and captive, but he dared to believe. If I pray one more time, and the Bible says, he prayed, Lord, remember me one more time. And in his death, he experienced a greater victory than he ever had in his life. Because God is able to give you full restoration if you'll pray. Exercise your faith. Woo, and the Bible says this, I want you to get it. Hebrews 12, too, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and what? Finisher of our faith. Teleestas is a Greek word. It means this, perfecter. It means completer of our faith. Perfecter. Completer of our faith. Here's what I want you to see. You are in the storm right now. Not because the storm is made to take you out. The storm is made to grow you up. The Lord is going to perfect your faith. He is going to develop that underdeveloped faith. He's going to strengthen that faith. He's going to reinforce that faith. Can you imagine Peter now walking on water with the hand of Jesus in his hand? There's definitely an upgrade of confidence. There's definitely an upgrade of trust that transpired. Now he knows I'm going to make it because not only am I walking on water, but Jesus has me by the hand. I want you to understand the Lord is working through the storm. He's developing you in the storm. He is strengthening you in the storm. The devil is a liar. You are not going back under. You are walking on what he thought was going to take you out. Two more declarations. You are going from wondering to knowing because Jesus is praying for you. You are going from wondering to knowing because Jesus is praying for you. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, in that other storm that I told you the disciples were in, in Matthew chapter, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 8, after the storm, this is what the Bible says of the disciples' response, Matthew eight twenty seven. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? But after this second storm, notice their response in Matthew fourteen thirty three. Then those who were in the boat, that is the disciples, came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The ones who, after the first storm, said, who can this be? Wondering, who is he? After this second storm, they know. Truly, you are the Son of God. You know why I know that he is healer? Because when I was sick and I cried out, he touched me. You know why I know he's deliverer? Because when I was in bondage to habits and hurts and hangups that I couldn't free myself, I called on him and he delivered me. I'm not a parrot preacher. I'm not 
parroting something that I read in a book or heard somebody. I know the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I found myself in needy situation. But I called on him and he came through. He intervened. He delivered. He supplied. I know he's Jehovah Jireh because there were moments in my journey when I found myself in financial need. And regardless, I trusted him and he opened the windows of heaven. I'm telling you, you can go from from wondering to knowing. And that's what the storm is meant for. It's not meant to deny your faith. It's developing your faith and bringing you to a place where you know something that others that haven't gone through it yet don't know. You know there is no storm that is strong enough to keep my Savior from delivering me. There are no waters that are strong enough that my Savior cannot walk on them. There are no difficulties that I face in life that my Lord cannot deliver me from. Somebody in this house knows I've been through enough stuff to know He is who He says He is. I didn't, I don't know it because I read it or I heard it. I know it because I've lived it. And then the final declaration I want to make over you is this. You are going from rowing to resting because Jesus is praying for you. What do you mean? Look at how John, John's gospel speaks of this account that we read about in Matthew 14. Look how John's gospel says. John 6, 19, 21. Watch this. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, about midway from one, from point A to point B, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Watch this. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And what? Immediately. The boat was at the land where they were going. I don't know if you caught it. They're only halfway on the sea. They're only halfway to their destination. And they're rowing. And the Bible says it's the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, knowing the disciples and Jesus, they might have gone out about 8 o'clock. Or if maybe the latest midnight, that would mean at least three hours of rowing. And they hit a point where in spite of the rowing, They weren't getting anywhere. They were stuck. And they're rowing. And striving. To get to where Jesus said they would arrive. But they're not getting anywhere. Because the wind is contrary. And it is so strong. They're not making any headway. But then Jesus is there. Next to the boat. And while he's out of the boat, they're rowing and striving. But the moment they invite him in, immediately they cover three to four miles 
like that. Imagine. We're here, but we were. How did that happen? Oh, some of us are stuck rowing, trying to do it on our own. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this on my own. And we're striving and we're making no headway. And Jesus is on the side here saying, if you only invite me because I am acceleration personified when I'm in the process, I accelerate when I'm in the process. I'll get you to where you need to be. When I'm in the process, I'll make you what you long to become. When I'm in the process, I have the power to transform in a moment what you can't do all your lifetime. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so I'm saying to somebody today, you've been rowing. You've been striving and you're still stuck and you're going nowhere. But Jesus is saying, just give me an invite. Just let me on in your boat and I'll get you where you need to be. I'll get you there because mine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so I said everything to prophesy over somebody today. The Lord has an immediately for you. There's some of you right now, and you know I'm talking to you. There is a habit, there is a hurt in your life that you've been trying to get yourself out of, and, and, and yet you're sinking in that hurt. You're sinking in that sorrow. You're sinking in that depression. You're sinking in that worry. You're sinking in that fear. And all the while, you've been trying to roll your way, roll your way out of it, but you're there. You're stuck. But the Lord, like with Peter, He has an immediately for you. All you got to do is call and say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. And He can deliver you today. This is your day of salvation. This is your day of deliverance. And others of you, you've been striving. You've been rowing. You've been trying to figure your way out of your dilemma, your circumstance. And the Lord has been waiting for you to issue an invitation, to let Him in your boat, to invite Him into your circumstance. And He will give you the wisdom. He will give you the knowledge. He will give you the strength. He will give you the power. And there will be an acceleration. You're not going to remain stuck. You're going to get to where he said he's taking you from here to there. But if you issue the invitation, that's when it will transpire. That's when it will take place. The Lord has an immediately for you. I'm saying to those of you online, some of you right now, you know what I'm talking about. You find yourself bound and you've been bound for a while. And the Lord's saying to you, would you just call on me? Because I'm ready to deliver you. I'm ready to rescue you. I'm ready to help you. But you got to call. Others of you, you've been striving to get out of your situation, but you're stuck. You're not making any roadway. You're not making any headway. You find yourself rowing, 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 rowing. Tired, 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 tired. Discouraged, discouraged, discouraged. But the Lord is saying, if you'll invite me in, I will, through my power, get you to where you ought to be. 
I will do it miraculously. I will do it supernaturally. I will do it instantaneously. I will do it immediately. What are you saying, Pastor? Our God is not only a God uh, who answers prayer in the process. He is also the God of suddenly. He's also the God of right now. He's the God who in a moment can transform you. In a moment, He can change you from the inside. I'm telling you, there are many in this house as well as watching online. You know I'm not telling you something that you have not known. Some of us know there came in our lives a moment when we said, I can't do this anymore. And we said, but Lord, I call on you. And now we look back. We're not sinking in the anger that we used to sink in. Now we're walking on it. Now we have dominion over it. We're not sinking in the lust that we used to sink in. Now we're walking over lust. We're not sinking in bad language that we spew out of our mouth all the time. Now we're walking on it. We have dominion over it. We're not sinking in that lack of confidence, anxiety, that apprehension that would hinder us from being able to be the person we wanted to be and we knew that God was calling us to be. But now we're walking on the very thing that was we were sinking in and it happened. Not only did he bring me up, but he brought me over. Now I'm walking on what used to walk on me because he is, he is the one who does deliver completely. This is your day. Father, we thank you for your presence here right now. We thank you for your presence, Lord, in every place where there is an open heart. Wherever people are watching from on live stream, I pray, manifest the glory of your power. And I believe, Lord, right now, you have an immediately for somebody who knows I need but to call on the Lord. It's time for me to ask, like Peter, for the help that I need. Yeah. Somebody here today, Lord, it's their moment of immediately. Somebody that's been rowing. They're tired. They're fatigued. They know you're there, but you're waiting for them to invite them in, invite you in, because you're ready to take them to where you promised they could go. You haven't immediately for them. You're just waiting for the invite, Lord. Just like in Cutler. I knew there, just like I know here, there were individuals that needed there immediately and knew this is the word of the Lord for me. I'm in a storm right now. And I need the Lord's help. I'm in a storm right now and I've been in one and I've been rowing but I'm not getting anywhere and I need to invite the Lord because I see now only if he's in it with me can I get to where he's promised I could go to and I'm ready I want the immediately that he has for me through his power I want it 
And I'm going to dare to believe, like Peter, if I ask, if I call, He will intervene. He will intervene. I know you're in this room and you're online and it's you. It's you that God has spoken to. Now, are you daring enough like Peter to ask him for what he wants to do in your life? And you know you need him to do because only he can do it. If you are here in this building right now, I'm going to invite you to come forward to this front area. This is the altar. This is a place to experience His power at work if you dare call. Say, Pastor, why do you invite us? Because His Word says we have to take action to see Him act. The Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So I'm going to invite you. You want, to, you want this to be set in motion you're immediately set in motion come up right now come up right now to this altar you set it in motion when you call the Bible says Psalm 50 verse 15 call to me in your day of trouble and I will deliver you I will deliver you but you gotta call you ready? come come and join these come this is your moment you know that this word was for you you know there was a declaration that you that resonated in your soul and you're gonna dare to exercise your faith you come yes you come you come that's it that's it that's it that's it let me get some prayer warriors up here come on let's let's pray let's pray agree in prayer. Thank you, prayer warriors. Come. Let's come alongside. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. Some of us have been through some stuff. We know what it's like to have the Lord deliver us. Now it's our turn to come and join these in prayer and ask the Lord to intervene in their lives. As PW sings, let's, let's pray. Let's intercede. Come on. Let's pray. 